Posse Stampede Podcast. Your hosts are Cully Christensen, the visionary and creator here at the Pez Posse, and Foster Brusca, the head wrangler. The Pest Posse is your trusted resource for pest control related information and training. In this special podcast, Cully and Foster will be providing some good news and information for today's environment. Also, Cully will be talking with Chris Reardon, the Executive Vice President of the Pest Control Operators of California, about the recent ruling on what licenses are required in California to use disinfectants and sanitizers. Pest Posse is in the Hey, everyone. Welcome to this uh, Pest Posse Stampede podcast. We appreciate everybody here listening, and hopefully we're going to bring you some more good information today. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've, we've, we're trying to keep on top of this whole whole situation that's going on, but, you know, sometimes it's not easy, but... Well, I'll try to stay positive. That, too. Um, that, too. You know, yeah. There's a lot to be grateful for, as I've said before. I mean, I've got this absolutely spectacular view from my back patio that you I do look you do. at all day long even right from my computer <laughs> you suck i hate you <laughs> so but it's um you know it's pretty cool here yeah but, uh you know i don't like to sit at home all the time i want to get out and um do work but you know the phone's dead i was just starting the route here so you know I don't have a route built up yet. No, no, you don't know. You've just started that. So yeah, and if people don't realize, Cully's down a lovely Pismo Beach. So he's got a nice view there right of the Pacific Ocean, right there of the ocean. So 300 miles south of Silicon Valley. That's right, right. Yeah, and you're lucky you moved down there because we're right kind of in the middle of this whole pandemic Absolutely. that's going on. We were just I mean, talking about that. I was looking at yeah. our um, county website. Yep. And we have a total of 28 active cases in the county right now yeah that's not much and we're we're what over 1400 active cases that we have we've had like over 40 deaths here in the valley so you know it's yeah. it's, it's definitely a you know i mean it's it's a smaller population a smaller county where you're at but i mean you know it's it's uh it's well, you know it's, it's tough you know and it, i like what your county's yeah, doing is right as far as you know with the reporting that they're doing they're actually talking about the the recovery cases, which is, right. which is even, it's, it's, I wish all counties and I wish we would hear more about the recovery because well, I yeah, know that that's, the reality is the recovery, the recovered cases are much, much more than the active cases. So when you look at the CDC's got 427,000 people who have coronavirus, yep. they're not telling you there's probably 350,000 of those that have probably recovered. I mean, I don't know that. Yeah. Who knows? But I'm guessing, but, Whenever you, you know, a lot of these, they're just not telling you how many recovered. It's like we said, so my county's got 104 confirmed cases. They've got 75 confirmed recoveries. Yeah, well, which is great. Yeah, I mean, that means we got 29 cases and we had one person pass, which is sad. But, yeah. um, you know, that means we've only got, obviously, as I said, 28 active cases in the county. So the odds of somebody doing pest control here, getting even getting exposed to an active case is pretty minimal. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you said, we have much fewer people in this county, but, you know, we still have, I don't know what the total population is, but it's over 100,000, Yeah, I think, in the county. So there's still quite a few people. So we're, but we are, we're real super fortunate. My wife and I are like just 
absolutely grateful we moved. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are. You, you definitely you definitely picked the right time to go down there and everything. It wasn't like we chose when. No, no. Natalie, we'd been waiting for what? two and a half years for Natalie to get a transfer at her job. Exactly. Yeah. So no, it was good. It was perfect timing for you. I mean, even though I miss you coming in the office, but Hey, you know what? We're all making it work and it's, it's all a good thing. So no problem. Absolutely. So mainly what we want to talk today about is um, well, one, just what we kind of already talked about and we encourage people not to be paying attention to, your normal news media. Yeah. It, go to go to your local county website if you want to pay attention to the numbers. They're going to tell you the facts and just the facts. They're not going to try to sell you news. Exactly. Yep. Um, I don't know how many people realize that, but our news media is in business just like we are to make money. Yep. You know? So if they don't sell you the news, then they can't make money on advertising. Simple as that. Exactly. You're so that right, does, Yeah, yeah that's, so that right. doesn't mean they're going to lie outright. Um, but I've actually had conversations with people who have been in the journalism industry, news industry, and they yep. do. They'll t- they tell you point blank. Yes, they will spin the story to make it more exciting yep. um, or to create, you know, tension so that you want to watch that news. Exactly. And, um, yeah. So that tends to be negative because that tends to drive us a lot. Of oh, of course. That that's totally that's the that's the selling factor of the whole thing is uh, is is yeah, I totally agree with that and that's just kind of an unfortunate thing. Uh, so, yeah, it is better just to kind of look at your your county resources that you've got there and look at those numbers. Every every county I believe has got something set up with the COVID-19 as far as what their active cases are. You just got to go in and Google that and and that'll give you kind of a real good snapshot of what's going on. I mean, it's still a good idea to look at what's happening nationwide. I mean, it's always, you know, you know, look at the news, but I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but really, if you really want to know what's going on with COVID, look at your local, you know, county. Um, that's really going to help you as far as determine what's going on. Cause there is some positive stuff that's happening with it. Like, like we mentioned, you know, there, there are some recovery cases that are happening. So it's kind of, kind well, of there's a, a lot. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah um, so. The other thing I wanted to mention for people as some of us are more cooped up, than others <laughs> is uh, I've been telling Foster I've been watching this YouTube another YouTube channel besides the Pest Posse, believe it or not. What? Um, wait, no, wait, 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 no, 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 no. You're supposed to be watching the Pest Posse all the time. Come on, and taking so, the, and taking those courses on the Pest Posse Academy. Come on, right? What are you doing? So, uh, John Krasinski from The Office, and he's also got a show I think on Netflix or Amazon, uh, and I always forget the name of the show um i always want to say saving private ryan and that's not it that's no i don't think that's it no it. That's but the character's it. name is ryan and um it's a you know everybody's seen the books he was the same character that was in the hunt for red october okay um and uh harrison ford played him in a couple of movies as well but point is he's doing a youtube series on good news Oh, I like that. There you yes. go. That's good. And yes. he's, of course, yeah. hilarious in the first place, but he's got a great program going. And if you need a little pick-me-up, I highly encourage his program. Uh, it's just called Good News. And it's just hilarious. And it's extremely positive. And it reminds you, you know, one, of the, one of the things I watched one this morning, it reminded me how awesome it is to be an American. 
that's what that's, all, that's of, cool that to me because like that. he really focused he had a whole section on how much industry small industry i mean even pizza places are getting together and they're making companies are making masks for the medical industry they're making um they're making uh what, what are they the um the ventilators ventilators they're doing ventilators. all this stuff yeah. and making them so that our medical uh establishment has what they need yep. um and i just think it's absolutely awesome it just reminds me of how much when we get into a crisis like this, the American people step up. Oh, they, they do. Always have stepped we up. always have done that. Exactly. And, and, you know, I've actually wondered over the years, would we do it again or are we too lazy and distracted? And, of course, no, we're not. I was yep. very, very pleased to see it. <laughs> we're, yep. we're, we're stepping up as a people. And so I think that's really awesome. That is. And then he's even stepping up, right? He, yep. Here's a guy who's got a great career and he's taking his time. He's yeah. doing this to give back and to give us something in this mm-hmm. kind of time that we're in. And we really need to hear the good news. It's Absolutely. kind of nice to be, to and hear so that. So. so I'm, I've, you know, subscribed to that. And I would encourage people to watch that if they're getting down. It's a great way to, give you a good pick me up yep another thing he did this week that i'm going to mention is there was a little girl that wrote in i guess and she was going to go see the play hamilton with her mother okay of course they had to cancel because there's no plays well his wife emily blunt who played uh, mary poppins she also played mary poppins on the stage and one of the guys in the cast is also one of the guys in hamilton so she's got a connection. So they actually brought on a big portion of this, the cast of Hamilton to sing this little girl one of the songs from Hamilton and actually play that. It was absolutely amazing. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. That's um, super cool. I, that, it I was. like that, yeah. And you, the little girl's face, of course, was just priceless. So, yeah. So, I mean, not to, not to change topics, but we're going to because uh, – you know, we we're not just going to, I could babble on forever. Well, we, we could, and there's, babble. it's good. It's good to talk about, you know, the positives that's happening here, but you know, we actually kind of have a point to, to put out this podcast today. We, we, um, here in California, we kind of do things a lot different than, than other states. We just had a, a, a letter come out from the department of pesticide regulations in regards to using sanitizers and disinfectants and and the services and who can perform those services it wasn't just a clarification letter it was literally a ruling yeah um correct by the department of pesticide regulation who is the the um the organization that writes the laws regarding pest control in our state exactly Um, exactly so yeah so you were so you were able to it was real good we uh we're gonna jump over here in just a minute to uh, to basically a discussion you had with their uh, with the pest control operators of California, uh, the executive vice president Chris Reardon. You guys had a discussion, kind of talking about this ruling. He's such a positive leader in our industry. He is fighting for us and fighting for the industry, um, and he's a big proponent in reminding us that we protect people's property, we protect their health. And we protect the food supply as yep. an industry. And, he, you know, such a great reminder that we all need to be reminding ourselves and our customers of, of at all times. Exactly. But, um, you know, when I first read this letter, just in prefacing, it, it, it was a little confusing. And um, 
it made it sound like the person who wrote it did not understand the way we do pest control in the state of California. Um, but again, you know, Chris reminded me that one, you know, they need to move quickly on this decision. So they can't deliberate as much as maybe um, it would take to make a different ruling. Um, the other thing was, is, um, you know, they, they're looking at things from a different perspective as well, right? We mm -hmm. see it from somewhat of a business perspective as well as, you know, hey, this is something I've already done to at least to some degree, right? A lot of us in structural pest control, we do sanitizing for, for attics and crawl spaces. We don't typically do them inside homes. And apparently we're not licensed to do that. At least that's kind of my understanding if, if I read this ruling or the ramifications of this ruling correctly. And Chris and I really didn't get into that too much um, because I don't think he really knew either because he doesn't write the laws. Yeah, exactly. You know? no. um, he helps to influence current rulings, but he, you know, uh, you know, he even said some of this has been on the books a long time. And so um, we may need to try to work on some changes for the future, but I think there's a real um, misunderstanding in regards to a QAL versus a structural license. And so yeah. um, those are some things that, uh, how often does anybody ever go into those details? I mean, and how many of us have actually sat down and read the code? I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's guys out there who've done it. I'm yeah. not one of them. Oh, no, I've read I'm... sections of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's no, a lot of that's a lot of legalese. It is a lot of legalese. It is definitely so. Yeah. No, I I think this is a really good discussion that both of you had, and hopefully for any of the the pest control operators here that are in California, hopefully this will kind of give you guys some insights as far as what that ruling is all about. So um, yeah. So let's move into that interview. Chris, thank you for coming. Thanks for inviting me. So real quickly, tell everybody kind of what you do, what your position is um, with PCOC. That's Pest Control Operators in California. Yeah, Kali, I've been with uh, PCOC uh, as their executive vice president, effectively their, their chief executive officer for nearly four years. And so I work uh, cl very closely with a seven-member executive committee. Um, and I work with, you know, I always tell folks, this is your organization. I work for you, the pest control operators in this state. So I'm very proud to be here and uh, work with this industry, work with this industry and for this industry. Well, we're grateful to have you. And um, as I've said before, and I'm sure I'll say again, I think you do a fabulous job. You've got a great team that you run uh, at PCOC. And, um, and um, the executive committee is really fantastic. It's, it's great to see how they work. And, um, you know, there isn't, uh, one of the things that I've been impressed with is there is, there really isn't any infighting and politics that goes on. It's really kind of a cohesive effort. Well, that's very nice of you to say that. We <laughs> hope, as you know, there's no, there's never perfection. And remember, when you're dealing with human beings, there's always differences of opinions. Yeah. So, uh, look, we've been, look, we've been really fortunate. Uh, I've been really fortunate, our team at DPR, and I always tell folks, you might see me as the figurehead, but there is, this is a team effort. There's a lot of people that are the reason why we've been successful. Um, and we're, we continue to grow this organization. 
Um, and yeah, there's differences of opinion and sometimes strongly, but we work through them. We work, yeah. we really work yeah, through definitely. them. Definitely. You know, the one thing that I'm, I'm really proud of is that we've been really transparent. Um, one of the things that we said, and I'm not sure what happened before, Neil, you know, I, I wasn't here and that's here nor there, but at least my view on this has always been, we need to be totally transparent. This, like I said, this is their association. They put their resources in it to hire people like myself and my staff. We need to be candid and uh, upright and people need to understand exactly how we're spending their money. And so that's, for us, that's really critical. I think that's a great, great principle to be following. We've got a letter that came down from DPR regarding sanitation treatments for coronavirus. Um, and uh, as we've kind of talked, not everybody's happy with it. Um, I had some questions on it myself just because of the way it was written. Mm -hmm. But as I continue to read it, I'm getting more and more comfortable with it. So why don't we start off just by um, reading the letter, if you don't mind, Absolutely. so everybody knows where we're at. They've probably already seen it, but um, on March 4th, 2020, Governor Gavin Newsom declared a state of emergency in California in response to COVID-19. The Department of Pesticide Regulation, DPR, has received questions about licensing and certification requirements applicable to the professional application of antimicrobial pesticides for sanitation services performed for COVID-19 control. A pest control business must always have a qualified applicator's license, QAL holder, to supervise pest control services, generally where pest control business performs sanitation services, the QAL must also be certified in category A, category P, or category K. Category A allows pest control businesses to perform sanitation or disinfection in residential, industrial, or institutional use settings, such as hospitals, schools, or prisons. Category P allows pest control businesses to perform microbial pesticide control in residential, institutional, and industrial settings. And category K allows pest control businesses to perform health-related pest control services under a government-sponsored program. Now, the letter goes on, I think, to go into more detail yeah. But with just that first paragraph, my thought was, this person doesn't understand our industry. I mean, again, we've talked. I understand it more. But that was my first response. Because yeah. I'm like, well, where's structural pest control? If category A allows you to go into residential, institutional, and industrial settings, why do I need a structural license? It's hard for me to comment what the intent was with that. As you know, that's a... Those are pretty broad terms, Cully. Yeah. I mean, and, and by the way, sometimes, at least been my experience too, it's easier to provide broader terms in, instead of saying, break down, imagine, uh, institutional, break down, um, you know, rec or uh, residential. I mean, we get into what's residential. Is it apartments? Is it uh, individual homes? Is it so? Because um, I've got that question too about, well, doesn't that cover everything? Well, Yes and no, but 
as you know, also the A is a, uh, I think it's a broad term, but um, as you know, not everyone, are, not everyone in our um, industry has a license A either. Right. I mean, um, it was a long time. I worked at a large company and we didn't have, we didn't have anybody who had a QAL. Correct. And then we started getting into uh, lawn care, weed control, that yep. kind of stuff. And so then we started getting everybody we could a QAL. Um, look, my view is, I think, I think a QAL is a positive thing because you want, think about absolutely. a qualified licensee and does all sort of oversee um, people that are applying this material. I think it makes some sense, not only on this side, but the other, you know, on the ag side too, you know, the QALs and think about it as a department, there's tons and literally, you know, thousands of QALs that provide really important services for the state. And you want people that are qualified, you know, so. It, it, Absolutely. And I would say the only other thing that I have, I had kind of taken, and again, you didn't, like you said, you didn't make this ruling. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not government. Yep. You're, you're on our side trying to work with them to, for everybody's sake, right? That's exactly right. Um, so, but the structural side, we all have to have a license. Correct. QAL side, you have to have supervision with a license. Correct. Not everybody has to have the license. I kind I like that model much better that everybody has a license. Mm -hmm. Again, we're not going to change anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is the ruling that came down. We're going to follow the ruling. I know I am. Yep. Um, regardless, right? Um, but we, I'm just kind of looking for helping people get some clarity as to what, what this is saying and maybe a little bit to our best guesstimate why, you know? Yeah, um, and I, those are all questions. And I think, as I said to you before, and I think I really mean this, that maybe we think about what this looks like when we move forward. What do we want this to look like? Does it say, um, for example, I mean, I think a QAL is a good thing. Um, you want, as we just talked about, but I, I think our industry needs to talk about this broadly. What we think makes the most sense um, is, you know, A versus K versus P, you know, so, you know what I mean? All those sorts of questions. And by the way, do we need something else? You know, do we need some, I don't know. I, I just raised the question because mm -hmm. I've heard some of these discussions too. I've had, I still get questions about, you know, does the Structural Pest Control Board have any authority over this? Remember, they're just licensing department. They don't determine, like the department oh, does, the, yeah. the evaluation of who uses this product. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what well, I mean? So, so I, I just think I get it. And, and I also get the fact that, and when I, my discussions with the department well, is look, we're a tool for you to really use it during this important time. We have lots and lots of people that can help apply this material in a safe way that benefits the public. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was, we just had a live show uh, with some people who are actually doing this service in another state. And uh, one of the things that he said that I really liked is that he's providing a reset in, in, in an individual setting, right? He's yeah. able to go in and to the best of his ability, he can, and these are even, some of these are compromised. These are places that actually people had or have COVID-19. Yep. And he's able to go in and clean house and bring the, 
you know, bring that back down to as close to zero as possible, right? Um, can't obviously guarantee that, but um, he's going to bring it down and get it as close as possible. And then it's up to the facility to keep it there. Yep. Right? Because, you know, you don't know when it's going to get recontaminated. Well, um, but it's, it's, that's it's, positive, especially in highly populated areas where we're this, you know, the disease is just continuing to grow. Well, and it makes our point why we think about it. We're on the front lines anyway. I don't care if it's this issue. I don't care if it's protect, you know, protecting and, you know, as I, as I said in a, in a previous discussion, we protect people, property, and your food supply. What's more important than that? Okay. It's the single most important things we do for our community. We are the front line. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're the ones that are protecting uh, what I just described, those three things. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't we do that? And, yeah. and so it makes, total, it makes total sense. We're out there, we're licensed, we get this issue. But this is the whole sanitation issue because, because frankly, not everyone has used this product. And as you know, there's concerns broadly, you know, even at the national level about what makes the most sense to use this product, you know? And so um, I, that's why I think uh, this, in, this enforcement letter is a good start, okay? Mm -hmm. It allows broader use. It allows our industry to work with commissioners if they have any questions. Um, it's determinative. I mean, they're going to have to work with the commissioners, particularly if, you know, um, some of the language in there. But I think it's a good start. It's a perfect no. Um, but it's, it still allows us to participate with a, with a QAL and, frankly, help our communities, too. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Uh, another thing I think it'd be good to just go over a little bit, I think we've talked about maybe Category A, but let's talk a little bit about, like, I didn't even realize, I knew cat, there was a category P, but I had no idea what that was. Yeah. Um, until this came up and I like, I actually looked, I'm like, what is category P? You know, and um, found out it was for uh, microbials, you know, and dealing with microbials specifically. Um, so we all know category K is um, re regarding health, uh, it's the health-related one. Typically, we're thinking about mosquitoes, flies, rodents, all these types of things. Bats are in there. I didn't really think of that, even though yeah. there's speculation that that's where, you know, this disease came from. Um, and the other thing, it, it even says you need to have knowledge of um, antimicrobial pesticides right in the description mm -hmm. on the DPR website. So that one makes perfect sense to have that on there. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't have included it, you know, which is why they did include it. Yeah. And then category P is specifically, like you said, microbial pest control uh, in and of itself. And um, so that's what, you know, specifically you've got to know about how you're going to use those products, where you can use them, yep. you know, all the different little idiosyncrasies that uh, are going to be involved yeah. in that. Yep. And then, of course, category, yeah, category A being um, residential, institutional, and industrial. So um, we're, most of us are familiar with that. Um, people with a QAL that have that category are typically doing, you know, rodents, you know, burrowing rodents, weed control, whatever in those settings, right? Yep. Um, 
my, I, you know, so one of my other thoughts was just that, you know, maybe we, we we're doing two interviews here, so I might get confused um, back to back. And that is that uh, category A tends to do outside only services as I understand that. Am I correct? I believe so. That, that's, yeah, my understanding. that's my understanding. Um, and so, again, with a structural license, I know a lot of guys are thinking probably what I thought. Well, this is what we do. We go into places. We make the decision of, okay, this is what the label says. This is what I can and can't treat. I got to watch for safety issues, whether it's fish tanks or, you know, things people are going to be putting in their mouth food that's out, you know, all these little things that we have to pay attention to. And, um, you know, I don't know, that's, uh, these are all the things that we're thinking we already know how to do. And I think some people are probably feeling like, gosh, this could have been something I could have made some extra money, could have helped some people, you know, all those things. I know my buddy who's doing this work back East, he ain't even worried about the money. He's more concerned. He's, he's all about, this is to help people, you know, which I think is fantastic. I mean, he's charging for the service, but his main concern is let's save lives. One of the things that we're going to do, you know, we, as you know, our, our board meeting, virtual board meeting next, next week, and we're not going to, as you know, because we can't meet in person, our legislative committee and sort of ledge slash regulatory committee uh, isn't going to meet again. But I've already talked to Darren Van Steenwick, who's our chair, to really sort of drill down on this whole QIL in licensing what you just described, A, P, Q, or K, I'm sorry, to talk about um, what makes sense. And yeah. because uh, I have no idea how long that, I'm pretty sure the language has been there a long time. Um, I looked at it a little bit ago, but it's been there a long time. And we wanna make sure that it's relevant, you know, Kali, that it's, it meets sort of today's standards, requirements, are we missing something there? And I, I've had that question too, in terms of, you know, we should be more involved in this. And so, but again, I'll, I'll raise the issue. So everyone who watches this or has an interest in this is that, you know, there's people on the other side that have sometimes a different point of view as it relates to public health, why this is there. So it's just an understanding, that, but, you know, I've already talked to the department about sort of after this is done, ways that we might work together. Um, so we can, you know, avoid this. Um, but we, we have to think about this carefully. I mean, we just, as I, as I said before, you just don't want anyone applying this material mm -hmm. and um, without not only correct supervision, but just generically getting material, just applying it, you know what I mean? So um, I think it's just something we gotta be careful about. And, um, and I, I still think we can do it. I don't think it's um, this sort of thing about it. Who, who plans for a global pandemic? I mean, Come on, let's be honest, no one. Right. No one. But I think, you know, now it's something we really need to think about. There needs to be, and I, as I talked to the department too about this, is that who would have thought, but, you know, this might not be the only time in our lifetime or maybe in our children's lifetime this comes up about things that we're going to have to do to combat this sort of issue in ways our industry can once again be helpful um, in terms of, providing real essential services during these difficult times. In a lot of ways, we're positioned perfectly, Colin. We just got to figure out sort of what makes the most sense for us. Absolutely. Well, one thing I'm grateful is that um, the state made a decision and they made a decision for licensed individuals and licensed businesses, right. not just 
letting anybody go out there and do it. You know, right. um, one of my concerns has been, quite frankly, cleaning companies. Yeah. Um, they're not required to be licensed. I would hope they're bonded and have insurance, but it, but we're, I mean, we're always drilling down on read the label. You know, the label is the law, PPEs, you know, all the things that we always are focusing on in our industry. Yep. And I don't know anything about the cleaning industry, so I really can't talk about it. Um, but at the same time, um, I don't know that there's, you know, there's no license required there. And so I just don't see that they're going to be having the same level of training to do this kind of work that we do. And so my point is, I agree with you 100%. We are the right people for this. We work with these materials all the time. And we're always thinking in this realm, no matter what we do when we come in. Um, I would say that, you know, I don't remember how long ago was it? We had the, um, the SARS, you know, yep. threat. Yep. Was it that long ago? And um, this is a derivative of that. It's just a, what basically a mutation in my understanding. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, we were fortunate not to really get that here in the States. If we did, it was very small. Uh, I don't remember what the numbers were. Um, but um, the fact that it can happen again, to me, this seems like pretty likely. Well, I would just think about it. Um, even 20 years ago, people that are traveling between, you know, uh, the Far East, uh, Europe. Um, it's, we were just commenting, I was my first time in Europe last year in Italy. I mean, about this, we went in early June. And it's, mm -hmm. it's so easy to get in and out, you know, relatively the process and people now, because it's relatively inexpensive, can travel anywhere. Yeah. Literally anywhere. So you're not safe. And I was just reading an article today about New York about, they think this, you know, a lot of their challenges didn't come from China, came from Europe. Um, so you got to believe in the world we live in today and it's so easy to get around and we really are a global community. You know, this might not, I'm not suggesting anything, but you know, think about how quickly this spread. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, the fact is it's possible. It's not, we're not trying, you know, I'm definitely not a scared scare tactics not a guy Me either you know um and so i'm not i would never you know try to frighten people in in that regard i'm very positive i i am a firm believer we're going to bounce back from this they're going to find um treatments they're going to find vaccines they're going to we're we've done it too many times in the past yep you know it's gonna we're gonna do it again it's just reality but um, we, here's the other thing for my we need to one of the things that we said when I first talked to the department is, look, we view ourselves as part of the solution, okay, here. And um, we can help with sanitization and all the other things protecting, you know, a lot of those institutions, for lack of a better term, we just talked about. We are part of the solution here. And not, not only do we do this stuff daily, but when a crisis like this comes, um, you have another tool, meaning our industry, to help you. So that's yeah. what I think is really important. I agree with that. And that's exactly. And I think what you're saying about, you know, planning for the potential in the future. Yeah. And that's why I think we need to talk about what this might look like and talk with the department. If, you know, we see this, who knows, just who knows, it might not ever happen again. Right. But we do ourselves a disservice if we don't at least talk about it. And um, maybe we learn after 90 days, um, you know, also after 90 days, what this might look like on our industry as well. We'll, we'll, we'll all learn something here. 
Absolutely. If we're willing to, I would think so. Yep. I, I would think so. So um, we touched on a couple other things. I think we need to touch on here. Keep in mind, like you said, work with your local ag inspector commissioner. Um, make sure uh, as long as you have a QAL and there's nobody else in your area who can do the work with, with one of those categories, they might be flexible and have you do the work. Absolutely. Um, you know, it says that pretty clearly in the letter. Yep. And, um, but it's really important for us to be working with them and, um, you know, making sure that we do it right. Yep. I agree. Look, I, I've had a lot, you know, 30 year relationship with the commissioner community, my different responsibilities, jobs over the years. And look, they're the eyes and ears. They understand this issue. Um, there's people that we know oftentimes live with, think about it. they're in our communities. We, we live with, with them and their staff. So I would, as I said before, that we really need to don't, I would encourage everybody to talk to the commissioner community, the staff, whoever, because, um, um, I know they're learning, they're walking through this stuff too, but they already have a general understanding of the licensing requirements and can work with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anything else you'd like to, I think I'm pretty much done. I appreciate your time. Is there anything specific you'd like to, uh, share? No, I just, one other thing I know mentioned, I've been getting a lot of uh, calls on recently, I just raised this issue and I'll probably put it in our update that will go out tomorrow. Um, but we've been getting a lot of calls regarding PPE you know, the challenges related to PPE and, and yeah. uh, wanted to let your listeners know and visit that um, we've been working with the Department of Pesticide Regulation. We're looking for, you know, potentially, I say potentially regulatory relief um, with some of the uh, filters, masks, because we're running out of them. And so we're looking at some other opportunities. They're actually have their industrial hygienist uh, within the department looking at this issue. So I wanted to make folks, we don't have, as you know, we don't have market share to, <laughs> We can't tell folks that, you know, a lot of our folks are working with the Univars and the Targets and Geotechs, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but we also are looking at a different perspective, which is the uh, regulatory perspective too, see if we can get some relief. So I wanted to share that as well. I think that's fantastic. I was kind of wondering, I'm set where I'm at with what I need, but I know I have friends who are struggling with that very issue, especially ones who have staff. You yep. know, when you've got, you know, 20 routes out there and you're running out of gloves or whatever it is you need, that's, that's tough because you know, you want your guys safe and you know, you're required to. Yeah. No, look, think about it. I mean, it's, and we know as we get, by the way, it's all required now to go to medical facilities, healthcare, and it should, we understand that. Yeah. Um, but boy, it puts us in a very weird, awkward position when we start competing. Um, you know, I, I think some of our folks are looking globally to find these products. Um, so I just wanted to raise that issue. I'll bring this up. And I know I've talked to probably a half dozen people in the last two days, but uh, it's an issue we're aware of and we understand and yeah. we are working on it. Absolutely. That's appreciated. I much appreciated. So that just shows right there too, where uh, PCA, PCOC comes in handy and uh, you're very worthy of being supported by us, you know, as field folks is my opinion, because who else is going to do that for us? Well, we're your voice at the end of the yeah. day, you know, we're, we're your voice. This is your association. We work for you and we're your voice. So um, we think it's important that we at least play that role about, mm -hmm. you know, um, opportunities for us to make a difference on these key issues. And we try to. Yeah. 
Well, we appreciate it. All right, Chris. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Really Thank appreciate you. you walking us through this ruling and um, helping me think more clearly on it, for one, and um, getting some good information out there to the folks who are listening. Thank you for listening to this special episode of the Pest Posse Stampede. This episode is sponsored by the Pest Posse Academy, your video-based online source for training your team. Be sure to check out PestPosseAcademy.com. Make sure to follow this podcast at the Pest Posse on Facebook and LinkedIn. Be sure to check out the Pest Posse weekly YouTube series. Until next time, remember, pest control is an adventure. So get out there and enjoy the adventure with the Pest Posse.